Itov. So we're on the fifth parak, and uh, we pick up at the bottom of Memvava Mutbet. We have moved beyond the fourth parak, focused a lot on Shor Tam and Shor Muad, and now we're dealing with uh, some more general issues that relate to uh, uh, the Goring Oxen, and other cases, as we'll see in the upcoming Mishnah. Um, and the uh, big case of the first Mishnah is the case of Suffolk, of a doubt. You don't know whether the, uh, the, the cow was gored when it was pregnant or not, so does the owner have to pay for it? So uh, the position of the Mishnah of is, is you split it, you split the payment for the, uh, for the uh, fetus, which might have been gored by the ox or not, and the Chachamim would say, Now we're dealing with the second part of the Mishnah, which is less clear, which is that you don't, the cow gored, and you don't know if the cow was pregnant or not, and it says also the similar idea of split, you say you pay half damages from the cow and half from the fetus. You don't know if the fetus was part of the goring cow or not. But of course, and you pay a quarter of the fetus. That does not seem to make sense. It sounds like three quarters damages. So Abai basically says, the issue is, is that the fetus is owned by a different person and um, therefore you don't know you and you get, so you take half of what you should have been paid, half of the half damages. If the full damages were 200, you're owed 100. You get half of that from the goring ox because that ox was, de- or goring cow, that cow was Definitely one of the uh, one of the guilty parties, you know, one of the uh, perpetrators. Um, and the question is, is do you collect your other half? If you knew for sure that the fetus was part of it, you'd collect your other half from the fetus because you don't know for sure. You split it, you get half of the half. Okay, that was the position of Abaye. And along the way, we pointed out two things that Tosa says. Number one is, is that even if the fetus was part of the cow, it's generally to be divided half and half. The fetus was only a small part of the, of the sort of animal that did the damage. So Tosa says, speaking about half is just speaking like it's a representative number. What it really means is whatever the proportional amount would be, that's the responsibility of the fetus. And since you don't know, you only get half of that. And the other interesting thing was, was that you don't say that, look, you know, yes, maybe even if they both did do it, if one of them isn't around to collect from, maybe I should be able to collect the balance from the other. And according to this, no. You only get, like, let's say it's a 90-10 split. You only, you, if you can't get your 10% out of the fetus, then you cannot get more than your 90% out of the cow. And that's something we're going to see later when there are multiple participants in damage. Do you, is it like a 50-50 split? Or is it 100-100? How do you exactly imagine how to divide the responsibility? Okay, now the Gemara picks up at the bottom of, of uh, Memvava Mutbet. Amarafa. So Rava says, Rabbi, you said when the Mishnah said a half and a quarter, it meant a half of what you would be liable, which is really a quarter of the total. And when it said a quarter, it meant a quarter of what you should be liable, a quarter of the half, which means an eighth of the total. But that's not what the Mishnah said. The Mishnah didn't say a quarter and an eighth. The Mishnah said a half and a quarter. So... So it's shot in the Mishnah, which says you get half from the cow and a quarter from the fetus, um, which always has means a half and a quarter of the full damages. So, okay, we don't, it's the cow and the fetus is owned by the same person. So what's the issue? Just collect everything from the cow. And here's what we're saying. If the cow is around and you can't find the fetus, you know, or the fetus is worth nothing, you can get your full half damages from the cow. These are both owned by the same person. You know that the cow was the mazik. You don't know if the fetus 
was the mazik. So therefore, you are entitled, when it says a half and a quarter, it doesn't mean at the same time. It means, if you have only one of these animals to collect from, you're entitled, it's a very simple read of the Mishnah, you're entitled to collect your full half damages from the cow. The cow is definitely the mazik. You don't know if it also had the fetus or not. So all you have in front of you is the cow. You're entitled to collect your full half damages from the cow. Of course, why not? Okay, lesser lapar. However, if the cow is not in front of you, okay, it's, it, it died, it's worth nothing, it ran away, whatever it is, and the only thing you have to collect from is the fetus, so then, you, if you knew the fetus did it, you could collect your full half damages from it. But since you don't know the fetus did it, you can only collect half of the half, you can only collect a quarter. So that's a very a clean read of the Mishnah. It doesn't mean a half and a quarter at the same time. It means you're entitled to a half from the cow if you can get it from the cow. If the cow isn't around, you're only entitled to a quarter from the fetus because you don't know if the fetus was involved or not. And, most, and therefore we say split it. It's Tzumchus who says split it. Okay, so now the Gemara clarifies. Taima, the reason that we say this, this division is Tzulo Yadinan Ihave Vlad ilo. If the, if the fetus was together with the cow and the cow gourd or not. It was obvious that the fetus was together when it gored. You would be entitled to get all of it from the fetus. Okay, why not? It was part of the goring animal. Why shouldn't you? So the Gemara just said, well, let's take a look. Um, so, so that idea that if you know the flood was part of it, you could collect your full damages or your full half damages from the from from the fetus, Rav is going according to his reasoning. The Amar Rava, Parashihizika Gove Mivlada. If a cow, pregnant cow, gourd, you can collect the whole damages from the uh, from the fetus if there's enough to collect from. My, so that's the same idea here. If you knew the fetus was part of it, you could collect fully from the fetus because you don't, and you only have the fetus in front of you. You collect half. Now, my timer. What's the reason? Gufahi. It's all part of the same body. Basically, Tosus discusses what the Gemara is really looking for. The words it seems the Gemara is looking for is uber yerech ima or not right is the fetus considered to be a limb of the mo- mother so Tosus discusses why it doesn't say that because Tosus basically says there are when do you say uber yerech ima or not you know and they're, they're like it depends on the circumstances so Tosus sort of discusses that if we have a minute we'll look at Tosus but I want to just point out something before you get to a sim- like why couldn't use a different phrasing which is more common is what's the alternative here let's say you did not say that it was gufahi let's say you said the vlad was some other entity, okay? So what would be the halacha? Let's say I had two cows, or whatever, two oxen, doesn't matter, that gored a cow, okay? And we discussed this yesterday. But we had a and you did, all right. And you did tell, and, and, and it caused $100 of damage, each ox was worth $100. And you didn't have ox number one around, okay? Could you collect your full $100 from ox number two? If they were both owned by the same person, right, would you say that, you know, each ox you know, you're only entitled to $50 from each ox, right? Because Tom is Chatsi, Nezik, Migufa, whatever, they were two Gorings. Or would you basically say, like, no, especially if, you know, it's sort of like the question we asked yesterday, right? It, maybe I'm entitled to, uh, if I can't get from one, I get from the other. So yesterday, it sounded like yesterday we said that it was the first thing. That if they were really of two separate people, right, you would have to divide. I could get $50 from Ruvain, $50 from Shimon. If Shimon's ox isn't around, I can't go and collect the rest from Ruvain. They really divided equally. Here we're saying, what if they actually both belong to Ruvain? Okay? But one of the oxen wasn't around. Because I say, look, Ruvain.
Ruvain, you owe me a hundred bucks, uh, right? rather than collecting fifty from this ox and fifty from this, I'm going to collect the whole hundred from that. So it sounds like the Gemara would say, even in that case, you can't say. If they were both involved, then you only collect proportionally from each one, and if one isn't around, you can't collect from the other. And that's why the Gemara says, according to Rava, the idea that if the mother wasn't around, you could collect all of it from the fetus, shows we don't consider them as two separate oxen. Because if we consider them as two separate oxen, then if the mother wasn't around, you couldn't collect the rest from the fetus. You can only collect the proportional amount from the fetus. But if it's all one ox, Okay, then if it's all one ox that gores and half it dies and half of it gets taken, half of it gets taken away, I can still collect the rest from the other half. Okay, so the Gemara says because Rava is saying you have the right to collect everything from the fetus if the fetus was a part of it, that shows we consider it to be one body. So the Gemara now has taken what it was assuming yesterday and has gone one step further, which is two ox and gore. You, if, if it's owned by two people, I can't say, hey, I can't find Reuben, I'm going to get all of it from you, Shimon. Even if it's owned by one person, I can't say, I can't collect all from one ox, I'm going to get, all, I'm going to, I think one ox isn't around, I'm going to collect all of it from the other ox. You have to divide it equally. And the only reason here you're entitled to collect all of it from the fetus is because we view it all as one animal, and therefore you're just collecting from different parts of the animal. Okay, so it's interesting that Kamar makes those assumptions that, you know, about when you would be entitled to go to the other ox, and it says basically you wouldn't if they were really separate oxen. Okay, yes. I, I thought this was like, this is the mission we had, so... Yeah, so the but the question is, how do you interpret the Mishnah? Based on this interpretation, that's what emerges. Okay, maybe there are other interpretations. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, um, turn to go. Now the Gemara says like this. I'm a rabbi. My time a gufahi. So it's all one thing, and therefore, if you can't collect from part, you can collect the full amount from the rest. Turn to go Let's say a chicken gore uh, damaged. I mean, it didn't say gourd, but whatever it did. Okay, and uh, it would have to be a case of a Karen, I guess, because it's taking cutting at the body of the chicken, but it intentionally went ahead and, I don't know, uh, you know, pecked away at some uh, pane glass window and broke it or something, okay? Okay? You can't collect from the egg of the chicken that was in the chicken when it gored. That would be the parallel of the fetus. My time it is only like refuse, meaning it is not considered part of the body. It's some thing that's in the body, but it's not considered a part of the body. Now that's actually interesting because there's other places in which we consider it to be part of the body. Like if the animal's a trefa, the egg also is considered a trefa as opposed to something distinct from the animal. So Tosa says it depends on its degree of development. You know, while it's developing in the uh, in you know in the mother, then it is in the hen. It is considered to be part of the hen, and if the mother becomes a trefa, the egg does. But after it's fully developed and it's just waiting to be laid right then it would be considered to be separate from the mother um, and obviously in this case presumably you don't consider the egg to be a mazik I mean it's actually an interesting question why don't, why don't, why don't we say that we collect proportionally from the egg okay you know we don't collect the full amount for the egg but let's say you have two mazik in here a hen and the egg so um, presumably it's not if it's not a live being it is interesting right that before we saw that you could consider the fetus to be like a separate mazik but nobody is saying that you consider once the egg is not part of the mother, you don't consider the egg to be a separate mazik. So presumably because it's not live, but the fetus could have been a miscarriage, could have been bored dead. I don't fully, you know, sort of get that. It's less of a separate thing from the body than than a fetus is, right? In that, like, it's not its own entity until it's been fertilized and hatched and whatever. Right. Like, a fetus, you can, like, look in there and it's two things. Right. It, you know, has its whatever. Right. And, but an egg is, like, actually. You wouldn't take
You're saying because a fetus is alive. I was saying because a fetus is alive, that's why the Gemara was more willing to consider it to be an independent mazik. But you're saying that's also why it has a little more independence from the mother. But once the egg is formed and has the shell on it and hasn't been laid yet, that's the stage at which Tosus is saying that we can... Right, so Tosus says, well, maybe it hasn't been formed yet, but then it becomes a motzimi chaver lavaraya. Like I'm trying to say, it wasn't yet formed and I have a right to collect from it, and you're saying, prove that to me, I say it was, and you don't have a right to collect from it. Exactly, a picture. Well, maybe it depends how many days later it got, it got laid. Okay. Um, Zama Rav, and Rav also says, ain't shumming the parab. Now, okay, so that's like pretty much ends our discussion about the goring cow. And again, very interesting in this question of number one, it's like an uberyach emo. Number two, when there are two entities that gore, how much is it divided? You know, how much is it that if you can't, the Gemara's presumption that if you can't collect from one, you can't collect the balance. I mean, you, each one is only liable for their portion of it. Um, so therefore, if this were two entities, you could not collect everything from the Vlad. Okay, now the Gemara goes on to a different point. Zeh Rav, Rav also says, now this is something that we haven't really discussed yet but it also is relevant to the earlier discussion about um, Dmei Vlados when a woman is hit and she miscarries and we'll have to go ahead and uh, revisit this um, when we see that but um, if now this cow was gored and you know it was gored by this ox there's no question what happened I mean it's similar to the Mishnah but here you know everything that happened and you want to figure out how much do I owe for the loss of the fetus because it's gored this cow and it made it miscarry so Robert says you don't go ahead and assess well how much would you pay for like a fetus that was about to be born in two weeks okay what you do is you say no you look at how much would you pay for a pregnant cow and how much is it now you've got a dead cow it's dead with its fetus being dead okay and because you're sort of considering it together with the cow you're not going to you know you're not going to wind up paying as much okay you basically look at it as that the object that was gored was the cow you know a cow was gored and an an, an eight and a half month old fetus was gored a a cow was gored and an eight and a half month old fetus was gored how much is a cow worth how much is an eight and a half month old fetus worth you say a pregnant cow is gored right and therefore that's going to you know just the way the market works Works is, is that's going to become to a lesser total than if you assessed each one individually. Okay, ain't shum the par bishnatzma vlad bishnatzma el shumin levlad agav para. If you don't say that, the mazik loses out too much. Now, of course, the question is, oh, poor mazik. You know, so the point is, it's not the point is not just that he pays more, but he pays more, and it's unfair that he pays more. That fundamentally, he gored a pregnant cow, so you should assess the value of a pregnant cow. You shouldn't assess the components separately. Okay, um, which is sort of like you know how like you say like whenever you do any um, any home improvement, like you never and then you to sell the and then you sell the home or sell the private, like you only get back a small portion of the actual money you put in, right? Once it actually, I mean, different parts of your house, you get a bigger portion of how much money you put in. But, you know, once it's part of a larger package, you don't fully realize the individual cost of each thing. Okay? So let's see what the Gemara says. Um, uh, okay. Okay, alright. So this is, you cut off the slave, uh, the arm of a slave. Okay, now, what would be the alternative? Of course, you're paying for how much is a whole slave worth and a slave without an arm worth? 
worthless. Like, what do you mean? You assess the value of the arm by itself? How would you even do that if you wanted to do that? So, so Rashi says, well, what you would do is you would actually, uh, it's, the alternative is, Tosa says, Rashi says, like he would say to someone like okay how much would you let me pay you to give you, to, to give you the right to chop off your face hand that would be assessing the value of the arm by itself because obviously somebody would make a very high price that they really like would resist that but once you're already I don't know anyway it's obviously uh, any of these commas are always deeply problematic because of the way it commodifies you know a human being here um, but besides which it's like harder to imagine what, how you even talk about a market price of a hand by itself um, okay, and this actually is something we actually had a few right remember by Shane, where it says, right, if an animal goes ahead and goes into a field and eats like, you know, some of the, whatever, you know, uh, the vegetation or the, or the uh, grain or whatever, you say, okay, it, it destroyed like an acre of, like it, it destroyed, I don't know, like, you know, uh, you know, a pound of a wheat. How much is a pound of wheat worth? And you say, no, no, no. How much was the field worth before? How much is the field worth now? What do you look at as the object that was damaged? Do you look at it as the, you know, as the wheat, or do you look at it, the larger object here as the field? All right, and presumably now again, what's the basis for this is not being spelled out. Um, let's take a look. Um, so that's what the was about to ask. If this is the right law that you should say, actually, one minute, it killed the fetus. How much is the fetus work? So let the mazik look at. Look, lose out. What, what, what's the logic? I mean, don't just tell me, oh, the other way is more, the mazik pays more. Okay, but why do you choose one over the other? So, Mishum da Amalei, Parama Abarta Aziktach. Parama Abarta Shimanalach. Because the mazik can say, look, I destroyed or I damaged a pregnant cow. Assess for me a pregnant cow. Okay, which basically means that makes sense, right? It's basically, the point is, the thing that was damaged was the cow. Now, when you have a pregnant cow and something happens and it miscarries, whatever, you obviously there look at the fetus as part of the cow and you look at the damaged thing as the cow. You know, the interesting thing is by the field. You know, but presumably it's the same thing. Even if you're going to harvest and you're going to get all this money from the field, right now you look at it as a field that's ready to be harvested. You don't look at it as I got some ground here and I got some grain here and you destroyed the grain. No, you destroyed, you know, my field that was with this grain and now it's a different type of a field. So, but yes. So you could be saying I was about to take that grain to the market and sell it and you just, you know, I'm out. Right, so there is an interesting question, which is when would we say, like, you know, and like it was ready to be harvested, then at that stage you might not look at it as part of the field. There is a stage when it gets to be that way. That's correct. Okay? So the Gemara says now this. Pita Vladchad. Now, let's say you go ahead um, and the, um, you, you have to pay off the, uh, the, 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 your ox scored a pregnant cow and you have to pay the person, uh, but the, the, the fetus was owned by somebody else. So you have to determine how to assess you know, who basically, how to pay each person for their portion, okay? So, well, there we talked about how to assess the total damage. But now we're talking about how to divide it between which portion of this, this pregnant cow is worth $1,000, okay? And uh, how much of that $1,000 goes to the owner of the fetus? Now, what you should have just said is, well, how much would have been worth that the fetus? Without the fetus, it would have been worth 800 so $200 goes to the fetus. I know, so let's read what the Gemara says, okay? So, uh, okay. 
Pita paradachad uvladachad pitma lebal para. The the fattiness is to the owner of the para. So let's look at what Rashi says. This means pitma. Rashi says mashisham no so shaisa yafem ne shumna havi lebal para. Davlad machmasa lo asi shumna. So Rashi says if you've got this cow that's now because it's pregnant, you know it's fatty. It, it, it actually has put on weight. So you don't say, well, put on weight because it's eating for two. It doesn't matter. Like right now, nevertheless, that weight is the weight of the mother. It's not the weight of the fetus. So that extra value that it has because of its additional weight. But if you imagine it, meaning the point is you have to imagine how much would this be worth without the fetus? But what are you imagining without the fetus? If it was without the fetus and it was its pre-pregnancy weight, okay, or without its fetus and it's with its current weight. So I should say, well, without the fetus with its current weight because the weight is still on the par. It's not, it's not, it's not the weight of the fetus. So you don't imagine how much it was worth before it was pregnant. You imagine how much it w- how much it would be worth without the fetus with the current weight. You what? Uh, you laugh because it's like different than people trying to lose their weight after they got pregnant. Definitely- because of the fetus, right? But it's so so the fe- the reason is that the mother ate more because of the fetus, but now the weight is on the cow. Okay. Right. So then how do you set that? I don't know. So you imagine what would it be worth minus the fetus with its current weight? You go ahead and you ask people on who are in the market, what would you pay for it? With this weight, without the fetus. Okay, Ravacha now. How about the fact, though, that it looks bigger? Okay, it's volume. So it's actually not its weight, but, you know, people pay more for something that looks bigger. Okay, so that, presumably, is because of the fetus, that it looks bigger, even though it's actually not the value, the, the direct value of the fetus. It's an appearance of the cow. So, So for the fact that it looks like a big cow, right, uh, you would imagine how much would it be worth with not only this weight, but this weight, but this volume if it wasn't carrying a fetus. Okay? And therefore, that's the amount that you pay You pay the owner of the cow. No, you split it. Because that additional volume is also seen as attributed to the fetus. So the owner of the fetus gets whatever the increase in price is due to that. Uh, or at least partly. You split it. Okay? I mean, if people know what they're doing, why would you pay for volume if it didn't actually imply weight? I don't know. But okay. Well, that's true. Uh, right, that's true. <laughs> I mean, what? Marketing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So that was the end of the pregnant cow. All right. Um, that was the end of the pregnant cow. Good point. Next Mishnah. Okay. Now we make a significant shift. It's always so funny, like how sometimes the Mishnah is like, you know, it belongs to the previous parak. I mean, it was a new idea, but it was still goring cows, this first mission of this parak. And now we're on to something that we're going beyond the goring cows. We're getting back to more general issues. Let's take a look. Hakadar, So a potter who brought his pots into the domain, into the yard of the Balabayas. Shalobershus, the owner didn't say you can come in. This guy was a door-to-door salesman, and he just walked in without permission of the owner and with all of his pots. Um... The shavra behemta shabalabayas, and the owner of the balabay, the, the the cow of the owner of the house owner, went dead and broke it. It's basically like a type of a regal. Potter, he's exempt. This guy is still a brishus. 
you know, basically we learned that any damage that occurs in the Rishus of the Mazik, you're exempt. Whoever gave you permission to be here, I have no liability for if you, if, you know, if you're on my property without permission, so I'm exempt. Okay? Anyway, it's Regal, and Regal is, is only Chayv and Chatzor Hanizak. Certainly it's going to be Potter and Rishus HaMazik. Alright? Vishnau, Potter. If, let's say, my animal slipped on your pots that were in my property without permission, you're liable. Presumably, that's a type of a boar, right? Right? You, you know, you leave your pot, my animal slips on it. We had a debate before, I could use it boars, it's sure, whatever it is. But anyway, you, you made your boar, or you have your sure in a place where you don't have rights, so my animal slips on it, you're liable. Okay. Now, if I say sure, you can come in and bring in your pots. I'd like to see what you have for selling. So then, then if my animal steps on them, I am chayev. Now, here we're going to pause for a moment. And let me ask you, why am I chayev? I said, sure, come on in, bring your pots. And you bring in your pot, my animal trembles on them, I'm chayev. So why am I chayev? What do you think? The most obvious thing is to say is it would be regel. I'm chayev because my animal breaks your pots. Okay, but a regel is only chayev. Where's a regel chayev? Bershut ha, no, Bershut ha, it's pater, it's chayev bershut ha, nizak. So all of a sudden, because I let you bring your pots into my yard, it's considered your yard, it's bershut ha, nizak. Right, it's sort of like nemotes, it's both of our yards, why am I chayev for regel? So it's not so, maybe it is, maybe that makes it bershut ha, nizak. I let you put it down, well, you put it down in my house, it's like your bershut, but that's a little strange. Regel is only chayev and bershut ha, nizak. So what the Gemara is going to say is, not to ruin the surprise, what the Gemara is going to say is, when I say, sure, you can come in, then I am implicitly taking responsibility for anything that happens to your things. Okay, when I'm actually, so it's actually like, you know, it's actually like even higher liability. I'm letting you come into my domain. It's my yard. So I am basically saying I am taking responsibility now for things that will happen to your objects if I'm allowing you to come in. Exactly. So that's, so it's not clear in the mission. You could have said rega, but rega is a little strange. It sounds like once I give you permission, I am now accepting responsibility for them. Yeah. Right. You could always stipulate. Correct. The guy who made his uh, part of his yard Rashida Rabin, but like you can, can stipulate that it, he doesn't actually responsible for damage. Right. You mean when he like gave the edge of his yard to the Rashida Rabin? Right. I mean here you could definitely stipulate, but it sounds like the stam is you're accepting liability. Okay. Now, similarly, this next case is going to be almost exemplary, except it's going to go basically this Mishnah. Now that we've done Shane Regal and Karen, this Mishnah is a little Shane Regal and a Karen Mishnah. So Hichni's Perosav Ruchatzabalabayas. Now let's you brought your fruit into the house, into the guy's yard. Shalobrichus without permission. Bachalsam behem to Shalabalabayas, and he ate it. Potter, he's exempt. He the owner because it's like a Bishut Hamazik who gave you permission to be here. Okay, vim huska behen balaperet chayev. And if it slipped on it, so it's a type of a boar, you're liable. You brought your fruit here without permission. Vim Hichni's Perosav. I gave you permission. Then and then my animal ate it. That's a shame. Okay, balhabchal. Then I'm chayev. Okay, so again, we went from regal to shame, but again, it's not Rishut Hanizak, so presumably I'm chayev because I implicitly accepted liability. Now we're going to go to Karen. Okay, I allow you bring your ox into my domain. Shalom Rishos, without permission. Um, now my ox gores your ox okay or my dog bites it okay which is uh, similar okay I'm exempt 
Okay, that's a case of Karen. Okay, um, and even though Karen it doesn't matter the domain, if you're in my domain, Mishit Hamazik, then it's You have no permission to be here. I'm not liable for anything that happens. Okay? If your ox scores my ox, Chayev, you're obviously Chayev, right? You know, it's a Karen. Of course you're Chayev, and it's in my domain. Let's say your ox falls into my well. And it's, it, it ruins the water of my well, because I now got behema stink, cow stink in my well. Okay? Chayev. You're Chayev. Now that would probably be like a type of a regular or something like that. But anyway, again, it doesn't matter. It's you're in my domain. You're Chayev for what you do. Okay? Um, now, Haya Avivo Beno if the house owner's father or son was deep in the well, Mishal Masakofer, and it kills them and it falls in and pays Kofer. Now the problem is going to be, Kofer is only by Muad. Why is it paying Kofer? Okay? Maybe this is interesting. According to, you know, the position that a Tom, remember the position that a Tom pays full damages when it's in the Chatzar, when it's in the Chatzar, Hamazik, Chaser Hanizak, excuse me. So would you pay full? Would you pay kofar if you're a tam in Chaser Hanizak? Right? Remember the position that when your animal goes in, it does a goring if it's actually in the other person's domain. It actually is full, not half. Anyway, this is going to be a question. Why you pay kofar? What's the question here? Let's finish the Mishnah. But I allow you to bring your animal in. Then and then my animal gores yours. So I'm chayiv. That's like the obvious case. Because then it's a Karen. Of course, Karen is Chayev. Once you lose the fact that you're Shalob Rishus, my animal grows yours and you have a right to be here, of course I'm going to be Chayev. Rebbe Omer, Bekulan, in all these cases, So this makes it clear, seems to make it clear why, according to the Tanakhama, you were Chayev. All these cases where you say the owner, the homeowner is Chayev when he gave the guy permission and then the pots or the fruits got damaged, Rebbe says it's not true. The homeowner isn't Chayev unless he explicitly says, come on in and I will I'll protect your objects. I'll take responsibility for your objects. But if you didn't explicitly articulate that he would accept responsibility, then even if you give a guy permission, your animal tramples on it, eats it, or whatever, you're exempt. It's Shane and Regal, and it's not in Rishon Hanizak, and you're exempt. Presumably, you'd still be Chayef by Karen, although, since Rebbe is going on the last case, it sounds like not, but that's a little harder to understand why you wouldn't be Chayef by Karen. Yes? So, I'm just wondering about the Aviv Rabinel. So, we're assuming that the, the reason why that would be is because Aviv just has a blank permission to come into your hotel. No, 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 no. My Aviv know were there because they live in my property. That wasn't that they're strangers. Anyway, it wouldn't matter. No, but let's say, oh, fine, no, but let's say it was you that went into my property. You're not, you're not my father, my son, and then, and then, uh... Aviv and Benoit were in the well. I get, yeah. I'm trying to understand why it's Aviv and It's just a, it's not Dafka. It was just a standard case. Oh, meaning, let's say it was a third party there. Who didn't have right to be there. Would you still be Chayev and Kofar? Yeah, presumably, I mean, well, we'll see. I mean, we'll have to figure out why you're Chayev and Kofar, but presumably, the only reason time you would be Pusser is... Well, well, the question is, would you ever be Pusser and Kofar? Even if I gave you the right to be in my property, right, why would that... Like, like you have a right to be in Rosh Hashanah, Kevin is always going to be Chayev. So it's not so clear in the end when the Chiv of Kofar is only because you don't have permission. It might be even if you do have permission. We'll have to see about that. Okay? The case of Avi Pino presumably is just like a common scenario. Uh, he could be anybody. Exactly. Exactly. It's just he a common scenario. Right. into my yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see about it, but yes. Okay, let's take a look now at the Gemara. Do you have a question, Jenna? I was wondering why we're not asking why he's doing father as well. <laughs> it was a little Yosef and the brothers scenario. No, I don't know. They were going, maybe it was a well that I was storing things and not, it was a pit, not a well, and he was going down to, uh, you know, right, you know. Are we going to ask why you don't just say if it's the, uh, who is it? Uh, who's 
Which like Rebbe? What? Rebbe? Yeah, why, why, are, why wouldn't he just say it's a Shomer then? Why are we going through this whole thing of what do you mean? Rebbe is saying, no, because what, the, what Rebbe is presumably saying is that the reason Kanakama says once you give permission, you're liable for damages on, for your, that occur to your guest's property, is because that's implicit accepting of responsibility. And Rebbe is saying, I don't agree with this except, okay. implicit, ex, implicit accepting of responsibility. Okay, so the question is like this. Taima to Shiloh Birshos. The reason that you're liable, the Gemara is focusing on why you, the guest, are liable if the owner's animal gets damaged, is because you didn't have permission. Um, <laughs> but if you were given permission so let's say I gave permission for the guy to bring in his pots the mission never spelled this out about what happens right? the mission says once he has permission I'm liable if his pots get damaged it never said once he has permission and my animal slips on his pot is he liable presumably he's not it says he came in without permission and my animal got hurt on his pots he is liable. Presumably, if he has permission and he brought in his possum animal slips, he's not liable. Okay? So the Gemara says, okay, if he had permission, he would not be liable if my animal got damaged. The lower meaning, we would not say, that just because you gave your guest permission, okay, why don't we say, well, if you gave him permission, he implicitly is accepting liability. You're being so nice, right, to let me come into your yard I, maybe that should be an implicit accepting of liability on my part for any damage that might occur to you because you've allowed me or my stuff in your yard we don't say that right so let's, so let's figure this out right the guy brought in his pot without permission your animal slipped and hurt itself on it basically he's high because it's a boar he made a boar shalom berishos you give him permission he put down his pot presumably he made a boar berishos like if he had a right to put his stuff there and your animal got tripped right so presumably he's not liable just because he's not liable for a boar in that case but the Gemara is saying but one minute fine you're not liable for a boar but why don't you say look the guy was nice enough to let you come in and to put your pots down or whatever maybe you are implicitly having to accept any responsibility if something would happen as a result of you bringing your pots in we don't say that okay so now the Gemara is going to continue it sounds like this um, so this is Rebbe who's saying we don't interpret any implicit accepting of responsibility the same way we don't assume that the homeowner implicitly accepts responsibility we don't assume that the guest implicitly accepts responsibility so you let me be a guest fine if uh, I'm not going to be more you know accept any particular responsibility the damage that occurs to you and if your animal slips on my pot it's not my problem okay, so we don't say interpret any implicit accepting of responsibility aim a safe let's keep on reading in his new spirit shut if you gave the guy permission to bring his stuff in and his stuff got damaged so so the owner of the, the household the, the homeowner is liable for responsibility to the damaged pots so why is that right it would be a Shane and Rego so why is he chayev? Just because he let the guy bring his pots in. So what do we say? Asam the Rabbanan. It goes like the rabbis. That when you give somebody permission to come in, you are implicitly accepting responsibility. So basically, I mean, you can yourself figure out the answer. The Gemara says like this. If I give you permission to come in, and my animal tramples on your stuff and damages it, 
It's not Shane and Regal because it's not Chatzar and Nizak, but I am liable because I implicitly have accepted liability when I allow you to come in and be my guest. So why, when my animal gets hurt on your thing and I gave you permission, haven't you implicitly accepted liability for when my stuff gets damaged? If when I let you come and bring your stuff in, I'm implicitly accepting liability for your stuff being damaged, why don't we say the reverse? If my animal gets hurt on your stuff, you've implicitly accepted responsibility for me. So what do you think the difference would be? You see a difference? It doesn't make sense to say that. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's one thing. You're coming into my property at the end of the day. Right. So, basically, the logic is, if I have invited you in as a guest, in my position of being, like, the homeowner, right, it means, like, I, that I'm in the position of the responsible party here. This is my domain, my property. If I've welcomed you in, then I... That's what hospitality is. It's like I'm taking responsibility for you, okay? As your guest, you are not taking particular responsibility for the host. The host is taking responsibility for his guests. So when I welcome you in, and I take responsibility, if something goes wrong with your stuff, I am implicitly... That's what it means to be a host. I'm accepting that responsibility. If you implicit, if, if your stuff leads to something of mine being damaged, which you otherwise wouldn't be liable for, your role as a guest is not to accept liability for anything that might go wrong because you're a guest in my house. Okay? So that's basically the difference. Now you could say, what do you mean? You're the one getting something, you're the one that's being, you get, that's getting this, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're getting something. You owe the person something. But that's not the way it works. When you welcome somebody in as the host, you're sort of accepting you know, a certain, you know, a certain the, the role of the host is sort of being responsible for the guests and not the reverse. Yes. Intuitively, it seems like there should be a, there are different scenarios. Some lean more towards being guests, some lean more towards being like a traveling salesman. Uh huh. You know, like if I invite, if I allow a salesman to come uh-huh. and he brings all his. his That's uh, an interesting guests, point. You know, I'm not really. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Come to my home. You know, because so the difference between like hospitality, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. tolerating somebody and being and hospitality. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. So anyway, that's what the Gemara is going to get to. Let's see the Gemara. Okay. So, okay. Vesu, Rebbe Omer, more. You have no liability until you explicitly accept liability. Reish of a safe for Rebbe, so the beginning and the end, where there's no, expli- no implicit liability is Rebbe. The Mitzias are abundant in the middle where there is liability when things happen to my guests. That's the rabbis. I mean, you've got to be consistent. So the Gemara says, Amrab Zeiratavra, split it, Misha Shanazo, Lo Shanazo, which is never a satisfying answer. You're right, different positions are floating around. So, Rabbi, no, Kula Except till you get to the last line, it's all the rabbis. Meaning, Rebbe says you never accept responsibilities. The rabbi says you do implicitly accept responsibility. But it depends who. Okay, Ubershut. Okay, Shmirat Kiderot Kibo Allah Bachatzer. When I get permission, I am accepting implicitly the responsibility for the pots. Sasiu Nishpur Baruach. Even if I had nothing to do with it, right? It's like homeowners, like that isn't what, what that what homeowners insurance is about. Well, you want to protect also your property from loss, but it's also if some if some guest on your property gets hurt, you can be sued, right? So when I have somebody on my property and they're here with permission, I am implicitly accepting liability if anything goes wrong, even if some accident occurs, even if it wasn't my cow that ate the fruit, even if some wind blew over the pots. Once you're a guest in my house, I'm implicitly accepting responsibility for things that happen to you, and it is not. Reverse. You as a guest are not responsible for things that happen to me. I am the host and responsible for things that happen to you as the guest. Okay, but I do accept those points that, like, it's not always about hospitality. 
Okay, now the Gemara continues. Hichni's Peirosav, but now we understand that a guiding principle here is the reason your chayv is not chain and regel, it's not Rishur Hanizach, the reason your chayv is implicit accepting of responsibility. Hichni's Peirosav, Lechotcha Balabayis, now you brought in your fruit, okay, and it basically says, if you dart Shalob Rishut, and the animal slipped and got damaged or whatever, you're liable, that's a case of like a boar, okay, but uh, presumably, if it's Rishut, you would be um, exempt, okay, so now the Gemara says like this Amarav Lo Shanu when are you liable if you put the fruit down there and the animal slipped and got damaged and you hadn't, didn't have permission Ela Shehuch if the animal slipped on it Avo Achla if the animal ate it Pater and it got sick you're exempt so here's an interesting question right let's see, do an even easier scenario A Bershut Arabim I put my fruit down in the middle of the street okay in the Bershut Arabim an animal slips I'm Chayv that's a Bershut Arabim let's say an animal eats it and got sick am I Chayv or not Okay, so it's not a classic bore, right? A classic bore is, is it's just like, it's something that happens to the uh, victim because when the victim is not sort of like, you know, accidentally engages in the thing. Here, the victim, the cow, sees it and consciously eats it, but, and it got sick, but it wouldn't have gotten sick if I hadn't put it there. Do we call that a bore, or do we say that's like Grumma bin Ezekin, putter? A bore is when the victim trips over it, slips on it. When the victim actively sees it and consciously chooses to eat it, so I might be to blame, but only in a very indirect sense, and it's a grumma, it's not boar, right? So that's what basically is being said here. In that case, you're potter. My time, how do I slow tochal? It shouldn't have eaten. Now, what does it shouldn't have eaten might mean? My, it shouldn't have eaten might have mean is, I, shouldn't, I, 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 should, I couldn't have anticipated that it would do it, which is very funny. Why shouldn't you anticipate that an animal will eat fruit? So if you take a look at Tosus, Tosus says, how do I slow tochal? Tosus says, that it's like something unlikely that the animal would eat fruit which is bizarre why would that be unlikely maybe it's unlikely we would eat so much that it would give itself a stomach ache but those says no that's not true okay because later on it makes it very clear that it was a likely thing so I'm just skipping to the end of Tosos after the parentheses Ellis says here's the reason you're exempt the animal is knowingly consuming the fruit which is damaging it, it's participating in its own damage to itself. Okay? In a way, you can't make me responsible. It's sort of like a pier hanizak. Okay? If you're actually engaging in the thing itself and bringing it upon, the animal's bringing it upon yourself, it's not like I am the mazi. Now, um, you know, of course, there's a question like, you know, animals are not so intelligent and how much is it it's blame? But nevertheless, I, it's an interesting question. Like the way I would frame it, it makes it sound like a more general principle. You can never hold me liable to something that an animal sort of consciously, you know, did to itself. Um, but I would just see that it's not a bore. A bore is something that happens through inattention and through accident and not through some type of a conscious type of a thing. I'm trying to think about what would be another example where it wouldn't be a bore. Let's say it would be a question of, oh, I don't know. Um, let's say it would be a question of H. Let's say, I mean, I have to get to care because animals tend to be afraid of fire, but okay. Let, but let's say it would be a case that I, that as a fire and I knew that there was a certain animal, whatever. There's a reason to expect and it was negligent that certain animals 
out there play? Are there any animals that play with fire? Probably not. They're probably all afraid of it. I'm trying to think of some type of a, of, of a thing. Anyway, the point is, is it's just a boar thing. If an animal actually did it to itself consciously, but I knew that that was a likely occurrence of this type of a thing, right? Tells us that it's not just technically it's not a boar. It's that all of these avos nizikin are when there's the actor, you know, and the, the perpetrator and the victim, the one that it was perpetrated upon. But when the thing itself takes a part in its own injury, even if it is a, you know, it could be expected and the animal is not really, you know, hyper-intelligent, nevertheless, that is not the classic example of the avos nizikin, okay? And even if I'm indirectly to blame, that's like grum of the nizikin and ampata. All right, so that's what the Gemara says. Okay, um... I'm a Rav Sheshis, so says Rav Sheshis. Um, Amina, I said, Kinoim v'shachi v'rav amal ha'ashmaita. Rav must have been, right, Rav must have been dozing off when he said this. Okay? Why? Detanya, because it's clear that you are chayiv in that case. We turn to Brisa. Hanosin sama mavis v'shnei behem v'shavir. If you put poison in front of your friend's animal, you're exempt in, in court, but you're liable in heaven. Now, that could be a good example. You're not liable, even though you were to blame, because it did it to itself. But he says, uh, but, but, but here's why he thinks that that's a counterexample. Why are you exempt? Because it's poison, and normal animals will avoid poison. I guess it depends how obvious it was that it was poison. I understand. Okay? Of a peyrosta, vidadachla, fruit, which is a natural thing. But the other nami mechayiv, you should also be chayiv. Again, I want to know what type of a chiv it is. Is it a boar? What is it? Anyway, but he thinks it's just because it's poison, the animal should have known better. But if it's fruit, where the animal should have known better, you would be liable. Why don't you say it shouldn't have eaten? So you see, you don't say that. You are liable if the animal eats the fruit and gets injured. So I'm Rina. Who had dinner filu peris nami You're also exempt by fruit. So patamidini adam. So why did it give the example of poison? I would say because poison is more deadly. You would think if you would tell me the two things, I would think you'd be more liable. Should be more liable by the poison case. Okay, so you're both. You're both. Even poison which you shouldn't have eaten, you're still liable in heaven. There's still moral liability. Okay, but nevertheless, in both cases, you're a putter because even in fruit which it would more naturally eat is not is basically you're you you are not liable. Samamos could also be talking about a certain type of a of a uh, of, of, of a grass which is actually poisonous, which it would naturally eat. It doesn't know to avoid. Okay? So these are could be cases where it actually doesn't know to avoid it, and you are putter at the end of the day whether it did or didn't know to avoid it, because you didn't because the animal did it to itself. Masonry, we're not done. We still want to try to prove whether whether you're liable when an animal eats the fruit. A woman went to bring in her uh, grain to uh, grind in, you know, somebody else's millhouse. Okay, and Tosa says the Chiddush here is, is that even though she's a customer, and you might there be it might be a presumption you have a right to walk in. No, like you know, you got to get permission to go into 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 the person's domain. Okay, so she goes in shalobrushus, shalobrushus, v'achaltem and the homeowner's animal ate it. Putter, he is exempt because she was there shalobrushus. Imhuska, and if the animal was damaged with this wheat, chayevus, then then she's liable. So now we're assuming the animal is damaged by eating the wheat. 
Yamai, why is she liable? Uh, the animal shouldn't have eaten. Army, you could say, Why is it any better than our Mishnah? We said it slipped. So, which is like a case of a boar, and that's why you're Chayev. So here too, same court case. So says, it's Karile, my Karile. So why did you actually, what occurred to you? What actually made you think that this was a case of eating and not slipping? So Gemara says, damaged by them. So it means somehow that it's, it means it slipped on them. Um, so, ahu. was damaged. Didn't say with them. It means that somehow it wasn't like an immediate slipping and injuring on it. Right, it didn't slip on it wasn't immediately so achlahu so we think it means that it ate it diktani the other one says no loshna it wouldn't matter alright so we're still arguing that if it ate it you're not liable it did it to itself toshma you brought your ox into your into somebody else's domain without permission and it ate uh, grain and it uh, he treats it like a, uh, I think it means like it either well, it exploded or maybe it, how does it translate it like defecated or something Thing, or, or, or like a was diarrhea? Diarrhea, yeah, right. So, right. So, basically, yeah, it had loose bowels and it whatever, um, and it died as a result of the diarrhea. Potter, But if the owner gave permission, then Then the owner is liable. Why are you liable? It shouldn't have eaten my wheat. So here, there's an obvious answer. What do we just say? Why am I liable when I give you permission to bring your thing in? Because I accept general liability for anything that will happen. Okay, it's not because I'm a in that case that's because if I gave you permission to come in I've accepted liability for everything so the Gemara says you're asking from a case of permission about a case of without permission when I gave you permission I've accepted liability for anything that happens to your animal when I, when I welcome you in even if your ox just you know strangles itself right anything now that's an interesting question right let's say the animal drops dead out of a heart attack presumably not Okay, but presumably whatever happens, you know, in a, in a general sense, whatever happens here in the context of it being on my property, I accept liability. So even if it ate it and it couldn't have eaten it or whatever and it did it to itself, it happened because it was on my property, I accept liability for that. So that's not an example. But if you have known that permission, right, then you are not, li- and, and, and my animal eats your stuff and you're here without permission, actually in that case, you are not liable. We don't say, and maybe this is also part of the chiddish. Right, maybe the Gemara actually thinks that because I keep on saying like, what, is, what would it be? Would it be a boar? What type of a boar is this? But maybe the Gemara thinks that maybe there's even a heightened liability when you're in my per- domain without permission than in all other scenarios. Like in a Rishusha Rabin, there's no question you'd be putter. It's not a boar. It ate your fruit. That's not a boar. But maybe when you come into my domain, you're violating of my space. It's maybe like the opposite of when I give you permission. The same way when I give you permission, I accept liability for everything maybe your violating of my space means you're fully liable for any damage that comes as a result of you. Right? That's an interesting idea. Now again, I don't know what category to put it in. You put that in Aramazic? I, like, I don't know. But you can understand that that actually makes sense. You're not supposed to be here. As a result of your being here, I suffered some damage. I don't care if you can put it in shore, bore, whatever. You violated my space right? And therefore I suffered. Maybe that creates a general responsibility. So I don't know what category to put that in, but that would be interesting and possible. And maybe that's why I think I have to say, even that has limits. 
if it was something my animal did to itself, brought upon itself, then your liability doesn't extend that far. Because you didn't give her food doesn't mean the person that's coming out is violating. I mean, maybe well that's an interesting question but but do you have implicit permission to walk up to my door and knock on my door right I mean I that, phone you I mean <laughs> well I don't know you know I mean I don't know what the norms of the society were but if people have permission if, if when you want to visit you implicitly people have a right to come up and knock on my door then that's not Shalobirishus Shalobirishus is an assumption that you need to be welcomed in or else the understanding within the society is that you don't have a right to come up to my front door right so maybe you do have a right or you have a right but you better be careful uh, that's interesting is that Shalobar shows, but you accept the liability of the Shalobar shows. I don't know but anyway but I do wonder why the Gemara is thinking you would be Chayv here is it thinking you're Chayv because it's a type of a bore or is it thinking that when you enter Shalobar shows, you accept general responsibility for things that happen as a result okay let's start the next piece you enter into my Roshos and I implicitly or explicitly accept responsibility for things that are going to happen to you. What if those things that happen to you, now we already said if a or Ruach came or wind came, all those things I'm liable. But what if there are three categories? The things that my things does, my animal eats your fruit, you know, eats your fruit, gores your animal, you're my guest there's things that happen on its own uh, a wind blows your, your pot down and then there's things that a third party causes I welcome you into my domain and then Michael's animal comes ahead and gores your animal in my yard am I responsible or do we say no then you gotta go to Michael I'm sorry you know that's him doing it that's but not your that's not, my animal I understand but do I say when I welcome you into my yard I'm accepting all responsibilities okay so do not say to keep away or give my feelings to you sit down and keep away Tashma or even other people to Tani Rebbe Yehuda by Simon the Nezikin to Bekar now he taught a brighter in the in the like Nezikin when they you know in their in their uh, you know in the Tanitic material that they were learning about Nezikin of this of the of Bekarna this uh, you know yeshiva there Heichlis Peirosa V'chatza Balabayis Shalob Rishut you bring your fruit in without permission and an ox came and ate it so he presumably the homeowner is exempt but if he gave you permission to come in so the he we're going to assume now means the homeowner is liable he is liable to reimburse you for, for the other guy's cow who ate your fruit so the Gemara says, you see, he accepts general liability. Man patr man chayev. Who's patr and who's chayev? Lav patr ba chater ba It sounds like we're talking about the homeowner. If he gave you permission to come, if he didn't give you permission, then you go to Ruvain if Ruvain's cow ate your fruit. But if he didn't give you, if he did give you permission, he is going to reimburse you, even though it was Ruvain's cow that ate your fruit. Amri, lo, no, that we might not be talking about the homeowner. Patr balashur v'chayev balashur. We're talking about whether the brother Ruvain has to reimburse you. Okay, so if it's Ruvain reimbursing you, what difference does it make if you have right to be in my yard or not? So Amri, balashur, if we're talking about Ruvain, my bushus and my shalom bushusika, what difference does it make if you have rights to be in this guy's yard if it was Ruvain's cow who, who ate the fruit? So the Gemara says, no, Amri, bushut, if the homeowner gave you permission to be there so your fruit has a right to be there and then Reuven's cow eats it so then Reuven's cow is eating your fruit is eating your fruit in your domain remember Shane is only Chayev Bershut Hanizak 
So if I gave you permission to have your fruit here, then it's like temporarily your domain. You have a right to have your fruit here. And when it gets eaten by Reuven's cow, he's eating your fruit in your domain because it's your, 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 your borrowed domain. I let you be here. And he has to reimburse you. Shalobushut, okay, the shame bushut and Isaac Hayavash. Shalobushut, if you don't have rights to be here, Avrei shame bushut Rabim. Then he's eating your fruit, but your fruit's in a place where you, it's not your rights to be here. So it's like eating your fruit in Rishut Rabim. The shame bushut Rabim Keturah, and therefore it's exempt. So your right to be or not will determine whether Reuven is Chayav for eating your, cow for eating your fruit. But we have not answered the question whether when I allow you to be here, am I accepting responsibility for damage that occurs by a third party? Okay, and we will continue to see that tomorrow. Jen, you had one question? Right, so, well, I thought we were saying you have responsibility, and I was going to ask you... Like, I have to pay you for the damage, but then can I go to Ruben and, and get the money? Yeah, so that would be possible, and Tosa discusses that, but we have not resolved the question whether I accept liability for a third party. Right now we're saying that we, we don't have any evidence that I do. Okay, so we will continue with that. Okay. Yeah.